This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good morning, it's SEN Summer Brecky. Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you on Friday, the 2nd of February. It is almost the weekend here on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. We're filling in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. They're, they're back. They are back. Monday, February 12, Super Bowl day. The boys will be back in the chair. If you're listening anywhere else across the SEN network, good morning to you. We've been talking about another Aussie golfer signing with Live Golf, Lucas Herbert. But the biggest news of the day, the biggest news in world sport really, is a team statement from Ferrari this morning. Scuderia Ferrari is pleased to announce that Lewis Hamilton will be joining the team in 2025 on a multi-year contract. Lewis Hamilton leaves Mercedes. All the reports off the top of the hour, uh, out of six o'clock when we started, were it wasn't locked in. Then we get confirmation this morning. Who better to talk to about it than SEN's own Maddie White? Good morning to you, Maddie. You're geez, you're up early when you're running mornings from nine o'clock. <laughs> up early, scaring the news around the globe. But this is massive, isn't it? Morning, Copes. Morning, MC. Look, it is massive. I'm just trying to think as you, you know, enunciate what's happening there in Formula One. Formula One's used to big and and sort of left field decisions. You never really know what's going to come. But this is a world sport news event like in terms of the size of the story itself and I'm just trying to think of another big one of this scale and certainly a move of this scale and as you rightly point out Copes the deal is for 2025 but I'll start by saying don't be surprised if something happens earlier because you never can be surprised in the way things work in Formula One. I reckon never before has the term drive to survive, which they've cashed in on, has been so apt because in F1, boys, you have to do it to them before they're going to do it to you. Now, I'm not saying that Mercedes were going to punt Lewis Hamilton down the track, and I'm not saying that he's jumped before he was pushed, but I reckon he's gone because he can't see a way to win races and win championships at Mercedes. Right, So he is finding a way at the back end of his career to try and get that eighth championship. Money doesn't matter right now. So this is all about Lewis Hamilton moving on in search of a winning car and a winning team. And he doesn't think he's going to get that where he is, which is where he's been, boys, since he was 13 years of age. He's been there since he was a teenager. Why, Matty, do you think he can't? Or he'd have in his mind that he's got a better chance to, to win at Ferrari. Because he doesn't have a good chance at Mercedes. That's really the bottom line at the moment. They haven't won and haven't been in a winning zone since the catastrophe of the end of the season in 2021 when he should have won the championship at Abu Dhabi. He finishes second to Max Verstappen in all sorts of controversy. He finishes sixth in the championship a year later. He finishes third last year. But the fact of the matter is that Lewis Hamilton has not won a race in Formula One in the last two years. He's won at least one and multiple in 15 straight years of being in the sport. He's won seven championships, as we know. In the last two years, while he's been winless, 
Max Verstappen's collected 34 race wins. Now that says everything to a bloke who knows that you can't be in a position to try and get what you want in Formula One, especially when you're Lewis Hamilton. He's not there to make up the numbers. He's not there to be a development driver while they try and get their, you know, what together for the next couple of years. He needs to be in a winning car, and that's the reason why he's making this move. And there's also something emotional about it, something romantic. Every driver who steps into the world of Formula One, whether they're a Brit, an Australian, or an Italian, wants to drive for Ferrari at some stage in their career. So that's the emotional side. But the cold, hard reality of Formula One is you've got to be in a winning position. And to do that, you've got to be in a winning car. And he doesn't see that there's a way at the moment for Mercedes to do that. And they're starting from scratch, boys. They're going to have to start with a whole new system. And that may sound really easy to you and I, but that puts them two or three years behind the eight ball because while Red Bull are winning, they can concentrate on next year. Halfway through last year, they're thinking about this year. And halfway through this year... When Max Verstappen is uh, Verstappen is pantsing him again, they'll be thinking about the year after. Yeah. So this is how far you can get behind quickly. Well, you mentioned uh, you know the Ferrari name, and I guess that's where I wanted to take this because I'm I'm a loose fan in terminology, certainly no expert, but I'm interested in your opinion on the legends like Michael Schumacher, Fernando Alonso, on where Lewis Hamilton could end up in terms of the significance to the brand that is Ferrari and it's synonymous with Formula One. Where does he end up? Yeah, it's a really good question, Copes. And I get the feeling that Lewis, these guys operate in numbers, right? It's a numbers game. And when you get to the stage of the career that Lewis Hamilton's at, the only number he's thinking about is eight. He's currently tied with Michael Schumacher on seven Formula One world titles, right? He wants to be top of the tree. Verstappen may get there, but at the moment he's, he's what, four back. Verstappen's on three, and there's plenty of time to, for him to do it. So where does this leave his legacy? Well, if he can get an eighth world championship, and I don't think he can, but if he can get an eighth world championship, then he goes to the top. He goes to the absolute top, and that's why he's in this game. But not only that, He does it at Ferrari, which is an amazing way to finish off a career. Here's something interesting. Michael Schumacher won his last world title in 2004. He was 35 years of age when he did that. Lewis Hamilton won his last world title in 2020. He was 35 years of age when he did that. He'll be 40 next year when he steps behind the wheel of that Ferrari car. So it would put him into the stratosphere anyway in the record books. But the folklore and legend of Lewis Hamilton yeah. would be off the charts if he could do it at that age in that car and become the greatest. Yeah, absolutely. Just confirming, Lewis Hamilton signing a multi-year deal from 2025 with Ferrari. He leaves Mercedes to join up with Ferrari. Matty White, you'll be with us from 9 o'clock here on SEN. Look at you, up at before 7, Into doing it. your research and coming up with the hot stuff. <laughs> Love your work, mate. <laughs> Thanks, boys. Thanks, <laughs> Have a great day. Uh, it's big news, obviously, in the world of sport, but we're, we're going to come back internally now to the NRL. We've been discussing this morning in the Daily Telegraph. You've got an NRL preseason coaches poll tackling the biggest, more broad issues in the game. One released today and then maybe tomorrow uh, a bit more on field, um, the, the issues that the coaches see on field. Uh, but you mentioned off the top when we got into this, what is the biggest issue in the game was the first question and the responses were player managers at 23%, concussion at 20%, 
player transfer system at 20%, junior participation and officiating and bunker 13% and other at 7%. So where do we want to take this now? Because we've got three or four or maybe even five of these to get into. Um, what's perked your interest early? And, and maybe just another refresher on, on the process. Yeah, so 30 head coach or assistant coaches completed this survey. We sent it to them about two weeks ago, um, an online anonymous survey where we just sent the, the coaches or assistant coaches a link um, and um, they completed it in, in due time. I'd say, you know, I would guess to say around 15 head coaches at least completed it, which is um, a, a pretty good strike rate. But um, so a range of issues in terms of, um, you know, the their content or discontent, but in this instance, content with the NRL management, um, how much they consulted on rules. Um, one of the other interesting ones I thought was expansion, um, which is going to be a hot topic this year. There's no doubt the NRL will um, make a decision on expansion plans at some stage this year where we go to 18 teams by 2026 probably, um, and then the opportunity to go to 20 teams at some stage as well. And... Um, it was pretty clear cut here considering everyone and myself included thinks that the 18th side will be based or have an allegiance to PNG. Yeah. I think that's, you know, and you know, we've seen some political circumstances rear their head over the last couple of weeks there in PNG, whether that's enough to influence um, negatively against um, the NRL or decision or, or PNG's chances or not. I don't think so at this stage, but um, according to the coaches, 50% would love to see the game go to Perth. So that's huge. Mm. 50% Perth. Another team in New Zealand is 23%. A uh, PNG side is 13%. And a, a, a Pacifica team is 3%. And then there's other 3% and no expansion, 7%. So Perth at 50%, clearly in front. Then New Zealand at 23% and PNG at 13%. I think... If we go to 20, we'll have all those three options. Yeah, it seems to be the way that people are thinking. But I, you're absolutely right off the top that I think the political, the stuff that's been going on in PNG, of course, is is an issue and it needs to be addressed. But the political interests and the money that will come to back that, you know, is in the blocking of the North, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, but also the, you know, the fanaticism about the NRL and, mm. and particularly the players like Justin Ollum. It makes a lot of sense um, where they're going to be based and things like that. That's a different question. There's a couple of others that you got here. Maybe one more before we get into your players under pressure. Yeah. Should clubs get a salary cap, cap discount for players they have developed? Huge yes. 93% yes. Um, no, 7%. And, and this leads into a, another question as well is should clubs receive a salary cap discount to sign rugby players? No, 87%. Yes, 13 Oh, I mean, the first one, I'm with the, the majority vote there. Yeah. Um, players you develop, I think there's an, an amount of time and resource and, and, you know, just effort that you put into doing that. But the second one, signing rugby players, I couldn't care less where you're signing them from. Mm. You're signing players. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. what <laughs> You shouldn't be getting a discount for that. But tell us what you think on these stories that MC's bringing up. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. Right, time for the biggest segment that you bring to the table every day. MC, 
NRL players under pressure. Yeah. And I'm really interested. I have a vested interest in your first topic. Well, I thought this is the last one that we're going to do together this summer. So I'm going to go with your Roosters, Copes. Do it. And and I'm looking at Spencer Lenu. Okay. He arrives, um, you know, whenever, you know, the Roosters have uh, have made you know, so many big recruits, uh, uh, big name recruits over the last couple of years. And, you know, when they get there, there's an expectation. Um, there's a lot of eyes. There's a lot of commentating uh, around commentary around um, how they perform. We saw Brandon Smith last year not live up to the hype at the start of the year and finish strong. Um, and then Spencer Leonard, who comes, I've never had a seen a player arrive at the club having such a heated encounter with the alpha in Jared Rio Hargreaves, like we saw Spencer Leonard and, and Jared go through, where they'll you know. Let's take it outside. Let's go to the parking lot and punch yeah. on, essentially, right? It was madness. And I got to know Spencer a little bit um, before Christmas. I'd, I'd never, I don't think I'd ever spoken to him before. Um, but he was on that Vegas tour that, that I went on. And he's so different to the guy that you see on TV. He's, and it's very similar to Jared, right? When, when, you, when you meet Jared, you'd be surprised how gentle Jared is and how polite and softly yeah. spoken he is. He's a mountain of a man and intimidating um, physique. But... Both of them get this white line fever and they just see red. So it's going to be so interesting to see them do it together. I don't know who the common influence is going to be there because at some stage there's going to, they're going to tip. They're, there's going to be, they're going to reach a boiling point. But Spencer arrives now. Um, you know, he was a very, very, very good bench player at, the, at Penrith, an outstanding player. Um, but come off the back of a middle of, of Fisher, Harris, Liotta and Yo. Mm. Pretty handy. To, to come onto the field at some stage with those guys having done significant damage in that opening 20, 25 minutes. If he starts for the Roosters, well, he's going to have to set the platform. He's got Lindsey Collins next to him, pretty good player. Victor Radley, pretty good player as well, right? So that there's yeah. nothing, that, you know, that's still a, a, an elite middle third of, of the field. But Spencer needs to come there and um, be that new in four. He, they bought him to replace Jared, essentially. Eventually, when Jared retires, potentially at the end of this year, that firebrand forward, will be Spencer Lenu. So if Spencer can come there and um, show that he's not a, a bench player, not that being a bench player is disparaging anymore, right? But if you're starting, it's a different role. You've mm. got to set the tempo. The tempo had already been set for him at Penrith. That's the difference. Yeah. It's, so, going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that all works. But the one takeaway out of all of that is <laughs> when you see athletes on the field, particularly in the NRL and footy codes, where there is a level of animosity that mm. is required, to compete on the field. The judgment from fans and, and us yeah. is oftentimes just what you see on the field. Mm. <laughs> but it's not Because it's the only thing you can judge them on sometimes. Exactly right. But a lot of people make that judgment in solidarity around my viewpoint is right. Yeah. This is this person. Yeah. Whereas oftentimes they're very different. Uh, moving on to your second team. The, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Yeah. Well, who have you got there? I, I've got Thomas Flegler. Very similar to... Um, Spencer Leno arrives, you know, as a representative player now, um, yeah. off the back of um, some really good performances from uh, at the Broncos. But at Brisbane, it's a similar theme. Carrigan and Haas, Flegler was there. At, at the Dolphins, they've they've got an aging forward pack. When you look at the Bromiches and Kafusi and and Mark Nichols and those sort of fellas, they're at the back end of, of their careers, and you know they've been great players, but. For the Dolphins to have sustained success, Flegler's going to be a cornerstone of that forward pack. 
Tom Gilbert, they'll get Tom Gilbert back. I think Tom Gilbert's injury really hurt him last year. I think he's a really good player. Yeah. So Flegler comes in. Um, he, he's got that offload. He, he can, um, you know, really become a premier forward and lead this Dolphins forward pack. He, so he's going to be that leader of that forward pack now long term. Where at Brisbane, he had the benefit of Haas and Carrigan, two of the best middles in the game. Yeah. Whereas now you look around and Jesse Bromwich, 300 plus games, outstanding career probably playing his last year of footy. All right. So I think for, for Flegler now, the expectation, the pressure, um, can he carry a forward pack? That's the question for, yeah. for Thomas Flegler. Yeah. And he's definitely that kind of guy that's on the upward trajectory. Yeah. Um, but you're right. When it's, it's not the, how great is the upside? It's the, we need you every week, every week, every carry yeah. to be bending the line back as our main man in the middle. Um, one question that's come in on the text line from Rooster Man. Lads, what about Sam Walker and his future? In reference to players under pressure at the yeah. Roosters, a good call there too. There's a lot there. You know, Brandon Smith, Sam Walker, James Tedesco, Angus Crichton. You look at all these guys who you'd say would be under significant pressure. Joseph Swalehi, who's leaving the game. You know, the, Dom Young. This You could you could list a, a stack of them. But yeah, Sam Walker's a real, really intriguing story. We know what he went through last year. Dropped, injured, back. Um, but there's no doubt with the Roosters or any chance of, you know, getting back to being a, a top four consistent side, they need Sam Walker playing really well at seven. Yeah. Staying healthy is a big part of that mm. as well, but hopefully, uh, he gets back on track. So two players under pressure from the Roosters and the Dolphins MC running NRL segments all day today. He, you give him a call at 10:30 this morning. Let's run another NRL segment. You can. You're all over I might not answer. <laughs> You're all over it. We are here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. Hammy Goodman from Sportsbet along in just a moment. And he'll be taking a look at some ODI markets ahead of the Aussies versus the West Indies this afternoon, including a local boy playing his first ODI at his home venue. More on that in a moment. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Well, we've just seen in the ad break that Man United have taken a 1-0 lead against Wolves in the English Premier League, which, Hammy, is a great end to your threesome that you gave us yesterday. But I'm interested to know, how did the rest of it go? The, the middle part of our threesome let us down, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, the Bucks, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah. pulled the party for us there. But uh, good start, good end to the threesome. So we'll focus on those. <laughs> what about the ODI coming up today? Australia v. the West Indies. SEN's got the coverage of that one. I'm looking forward to it. What are the markets telling us there? Well, look, Australia are pretty short favourites here. Cobes dollar 12. West Indies are six bucks. Uh, but the player that I'm interested in is Matt Short, uh, BBL player of the tournament, second year in a row. Um, he's going to come in, play his first ODI on home soil, potentially settle into the middle order, I believe is the chat. $5.50 to be the top Aussie run scorer on his home ground. Uh, and he obviously provides a bit with bat and ball. So I wonder if $9 player of the match might be worth a look uh, for Matt Short as well uh, this afternoon. West Indies, um, Shy Hope at $3.70 is their shortest price, top run scorer. And Alzari Joseph at four fifty is their uh, best-backed uh, uh, top wicket taker as well. But I think Matt Short, for me, he, he's got the hot hand this summer. Um, so interested to see how he goes. Yeah, I think it's a great call, Hammy. He's been, not just this summer, player of the year, two years straight in the BBL. And I think we're looking at post-David Warner era. 
I think Matt Short is going to be in our national teams, at least in white ball cricket, probably test cricket in my opinion too, for the next 10 years. He's that good, I think, in my opinion. So uh, good call there. He's had some great news in the family, expecting a baby with partner Matty, uh, fiance, I believe. So it's all happening for Matty Short. Looking forward to that game. Uh, what about India v England, mate, in the test cricket? Well, despite losing the first test, Copes, uh, India dollar fifty favourites. And they've got a few injuries as well, don't forget. Kaur Rahul, Jadeja comes out as well. Uh, England, $3.15. So if they continue their form from the first game, maybe, it uh, pains me to say, but there might be a bit of value for them. Uh, man of the match, I mean, there's, there's some guys with some decent prices here. Ollie Pope, of course, got the job done in the first game, 13 bucks. Tom Hartley was pretty good as well uh, at 15 a little bit of a smoky, I wonder, for India might be Washington Sundar. Uh, I can't remember him ever coming in to a test match and not impacting a game. Uh, it, it looks like he's going to get the nod in place of Jadeja. $17, Washington Sundar, player of the match, could be uh, worth a look there as well. Monty Panesar, pretty vocal this week as well. Uh, he thinks that England win this series 5-0 now, so they've won the first one. So if you like oh, good Monty's on you, Monty. Goal, uh, England, England 5-0, 81 It was 151 at the start of the series, but uh, still a big price there, 81 bucks for the sweep for England as well. And do you have any good news for the Socceroos v South Korea in the Asian Cup? Well, MC, the market suggests we've got our work cut out for us. 225 to progress to the next round. Uh, South Korea are $1.57. I'm looking at a couple of Socceroos anytime goal scorers. Um, obviously, uh, Boyle and Irvine have both scored two for the tournament. So Boyle will get you four bucks and Irvine... $5.50. So fingers crossed, one, if not both of those blokes can, can score and the Socceroos can keep keep their run going in the Asian Cup. I always like, uh, particularly Boyle, who's in charge on the spot uh, when you're looking at any time goal scorers. He scored from the penalty spot earlier in the tournament. So like that one, Hammy, what do you got on today? Big day ahead at Sportsbet? Yeah, big day, big day. Uh, I've got a one-on-one with my manager, so look, wish me luck next week. Uh, it's been a pleasure. But, um, yeah, a, a good good end to the week and uh, just getting a few things in order um, so I can enjoy the weekend. Off to the cricket on Sunday, Cope, so it might see you down there. Yes, you will. I'll be there with SEN. We're covering the whole ODI series. Uh, it should be good fun. Australia versus the West Indies kicking off today, that ODI. Thanks, Sammy. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, boys. Chat next week. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Yeah, thanks, Vanessa. Summer Brecky here on SEN is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. If you're just waking up, here's some of what's making news. As you just heard there with Vanessa, Formula One superstar Lewis Hamilton has sensationally switched to Ferrari from 2025, leaving Mercedes. This is big news in the world of sport. We spoke to Matty White about that straight out of 7 o'clock. If you missed it, catch it up with the podcast. The other news that we've been talking about, Aussie golfer Lucas Herbert has joined Live Golf. He's the latest to kick over there for the cash, no doubt. 2024 season is about to get underway. Here's Lucas talking about joining the Australian-led Ripper franchise which is captained by Aussie Cameron Smith. Hey guys, Lucas Herbert here. Some of you might know me as the worst kept secret in the Ripper GC rumours. Great to finally be announced as an official part of Ripper GC. I cannot wait to start this season here in Mexico. Really looking forward to Adelaide in April. Can't wait to see you all out here at a few events. So big news in the world of golf. We had Rory McIlroy talking about the Live Golf PGA Tour 
relationship yesterday and potentially softening his stance. So it's all happening ahead of the 2024 season in golf. Uh, Investigations continuing into how some Australian soccer players had their passport, contract and other personal information leaked in a cybersecurity incident. And yesterday on Joel and Fletch, this was a fascinating interview, uh, MC. And Shane Flanagan, he's coming into a new role, talking about lots in the spectrum of the NRL, but particularly at the Dragons, the signings and some of the players that he's seen from afar, but he's now going to delve into as the head coach Mm. to try and bring out the best in them. Uh, We've had plenty of people texting in this morning about how good the interview was yesterday and what our thoughts were on it. Let's take a listen to Flano yesterday with Joel and Fletch talking about working with Tyrell Sloan. Oh, Sloan's uh, a fullback yep. down and out. He that's his best position. Uh, he's so fast and you know out the back of shape. Um, you know, there's not too many players. You know, you got the Reese Walsh. I'm not saying he's in that category, but he'd be up there with speed. You know, he gets a ball in his hands. He can just beat that third or fourth member uh, defender coming across. If he gets one on one with the back row, you good luck there mm. trying to stop him. You know, and that's what they're trying to do with, you know, Reese Walsh and these blokes out the back of shape. So. Um, you know, he's got some um, areas to work on defensively, but he's, you know, done a really good job. He broke his thumb in the um, uh, Indigenous game. So he sort of put us back a little bit, but he's worked really hard defensively. He knows what his weaknesses are and where we've addressed them. Um, you know, we dress them every training session at some point, and I think he's bought into it. Um, he's not a off kid and he's not doesn't like contact so we just got to get him to be good at it now so he's not shying away from it. he's just never good at it he's always come through his junior footy being this attacking player that you know let him score one funo i'm going to score two mm. type of attitude um and but doesn't work in the nrl so we just got to change his at, um, attitude to towards defense and um he's not shying away from it. he's doing a good job and so hopefully we see some real improvement in that area and if we do we're going to have a really good fullback for a long period of time yeah, re- really good chat with Joel and Fletch there <coughs> yesterday. <laughs> oh, it's been a long week, Copes. Yeah, really good chat with Flano and, and Joel and Fletch yesterday. And he, Flano's right. Yeah. Sloan is, and I think that's why I had him and uh, we spoke about him earlier this week in terms of players under pressure because he's so gifted. And you just, you've seen him with the ball and you go, there's so many points in him. But it's mm. off the ball where, where the issue has been. And that's what... Um, Shane Flanagan has really worked on with him this offseason. And for mine, like, I don't have high hopes for the Dragons this year, right? I'm going to judge their season in part on the improvement of Sloan. Yep. Right? If Shane Flanagan can get him to become in, uh, you know, one of the top half a dozen fullbacks in the game, and it hasn't equated to wins and losses yet, well, it will happen. And, mm. I, you know, so if that happens, then you go, okay, you can see some upside to this dragon side. You can see, okay, they're moving in the right way. I might give them a pass mark, regardless of where they finish on the ladder. Yep. And, and and the other one is Zach Lomax as well. These guys who have shown glimpses of being really good players haven't found any consistency, but on their day, they can be elite. So my take on the dragons in 2024 is, no, I don't think they're going to play finals footy. But if they can find a way to unlock these sort of players, find some points, toughen up Tyrell Sloan, and they become those consistent players, then you could say the Dragons are tracking ni- uh, better than they have been for the last decade. And, you know, the Dragons fans haven't had any hope, but if they can see something in these guys, then it'll be good. Interestingly, it'll start today for a lot of them because um, they spent a week in the Central Coast and, and this week in a camp. 
They have a scrimmage against Manly later today. Um, not a full-blown trial game. More of a an intense opposed session so they can run their plays and the like against clubs uh, rather than playing against themselves where they all know the calls and whatever. They'll do it against a, a rival club in, in simulating a game. They did it last year when Shane Flanagan was a coach at uh, assistant coach at Manly. Um, so they're going to do it again today. We'll bring you more from that interview a little later um, from Joel and Fletch yesterday. Shane Flanagan speaking on the Dragons' hopes this year. In the EPL this morning, Man United have just gone up 2-0 against the Wolves in the 25th minute. They're, uh, the second match of the morning, Bournemouth 1-0 up against West Ham. The other match that kicked off a little earlier in the 50th minute. So plenty of EPL action going on this morning and there is so much more. Have your say on the open line this morning, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Pick up the phone and give us a buzz. We've got lines open right now. We'll get to all of your feedback on the day's stories in just a moment. SEN Summer Brecky, Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you today on your Friday. It's almost the weekend. A reminder that SEN will have full coverage of the first ODI this afternoon between Australia and the West Indies at 2pm Sydney time or 2pm Melbourne time. The commentary team will be headed by Adam White, Damian Fleming, Darren Berry and John Donohoe. Can't wait for that game. We've been talking about Matty Short bursting onto the stage. It's a new look Australian team. A lot of the big dogs uh, having a bit of a rest for five or six days. Looking forward to that one getting underway today. SEN will have the full coverage. Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. Couple of texts and then we'll get to Simon Orchard. Yeah, Copes. FP says, imagine if the Roosters sold their tickets for $87. Their gate takings would be a grand total of 348000 you're actually giving that laugh too no i'm not Not bad not bad it's a bit deep it's a bit deeper today um that that maddie white knows his stuff as he should sign him up from pedro Uh, you can listen to maddie after nine yeah uh, maddie coming out of nine o'clock he was with us breaking the uh, well we broke the story about lewis hamilton joining Mm. ferrari massive news in the world of sport but I brought it up. MC gave me absolute donuts. So we had to give another co-host a shot. (laughs) (laughs) So Matty White came in and gave us all of his expertise. Speaking of expertise, every Friday we speak with Australian Olympian Simon Orchard from thedogs.com.au, the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. Orch, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, morning, boys. Going fantastic and looking forward to a beautiful Friday up here in the Hunter Valley. Sun shining. Cannot wait to get into a big weekend of uh, greyhound racing, guys. Well, before we get into that, we've been tackling some big issues this morning. Big, <laughs> big issues. Uh, we had a story from the papers today that uh, it's uproar, really, about bosses contacting you mm. after hours. Now, what are your... <laughs> premises that you live by if if you get an email or a phone call after hours are you get are you turning around to your significant other and saying what is this or are you happy with it uh boys in the greyhound game much like a lot of the racing capers it's all systems go pretty much all of the time uh for anyone who's been around dogs or horses in their life they know that uh, work begins very early i've had a couple of phone calls to trainers when i've been out visiting their properties uh asking what time i should arrive and they say 4 a.m and that's fine by me our last race tonight just as an example is 10:43 p.m uh, at wentworth park and i've actually had 
one or two moments in the last couple of years, boys, where I've been down at the pub watching the races uh, in the tab section, uh, and then all of a sudden a, a track record goes down, and I have to hightail it back to the house to try and get some work done for the dog. So uh, pretty much, if my phone is on, which it always is, I'm ready to work and ready to get into it. It's just part of the sacrifice of being part of the great game of greyhound racing. I've filed a few stories from the pubs. <laughs> sometimes you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not during work, but sometimes things just happen, and you just got to whip out your phone and inverted say, commas it's, working from home. Well, no, no, no it's, not, it's not midday copes. You it'd didn't be like, stipulate a time. It'd be like you eight said... o'clock. I'm out for dinner, whatever the case may be, and I've got a tip or something's happened, and you just got to <laughs> whack out the phone. Yeah, fair call. And the yarn but... only gets better in the pub, MC. You can only grow legs. Yeah, yes. hopefully it's hopefully the sub editors are doing their job though, and it's all okay. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, uh, Orch, I'm interested in one other story before we kick into the greyhounds. One close to your heart, the hockey ruse and and sponsorship. Tell us the story and, and your thoughts. Yeah, boys, interesting one popped up this week. Uh, one of the male players, Andrew Charter, he put up a post on one of his socials saying that the the team for the first time in his 14 year existence. Uh, in it didn't have a sponsor on the front of the jersey. So this is the Australian men's team, uh, the Cookers. Oh, and, the Kookaburras, well, that sorry. Sort of, that sort of, that's all right. That sort of traces back to my time in the program where we first got our first sponsor. I think it was in India. We arrived over there and uh, we didn't have a shirt sponsor. We ended up getting someone um, at the last minute. It ended up being a whiskey company who was moonlighting as a CD company because it was actually illegal at the time. So it said Imperial Blue CDs, but it was a whiskey company on the front of our World Cup jersey back in 2010. Uh, But look, it's an interesting one. A lot of people, I guess, jumping up and down and saying, well, you know, this is a travesty, one of the most successful Australian sporting teams in history. If you go back to Tokyo, I think... The Kookaburra's gold medal finals in the top 10 events watched. It was one of the only ones outside of your swimming and your athletics. But the flip side of the coin, boys, and of course, I'm not um, saying they shouldn't have a sponsor, is the Olympics is such a heavily protected species. Anyone who's watched it, coach, you've worked in it, uh, MC, I'm sure you either will or you'll get over there eventually. But you can't have any sponsorship on the front. It's basically just the coat of arms and then a blank Australian gold, green, white jersey, whatever it might be. So for any corporate or commercial partners out there wanting to get involved, you can point to the ratings uh, from the Tokyo Olympics, but that doesn't matter because they're not going to see your shirt sponsor uh, front and centre once we get to Paris in a couple of months. So it's a difficult one. Australian hockey probably shrinking a little bit in the last decade at least. Uh, We just don't have the domestic competition like your NRLs and your AFLs to see these uh, players and heroes going around each and every week. So the Pro League actually starts in about a week or so, but a lot of people out there probably wouldn't even know that existed. So that just goes to show you that, I'm not going to say dire circumstances, but we certainly would love some more support in the hockey world. And I think at the moment, it's important to look at both sides of the coin. Commercial interest largely comes from people who are philanthropic or want to throw their support behind a sport that they love. So um, if there's anyone out there listening, jump on board because I know they'll take your call. Yep. Sounds good, man. Just on greyhounds, there's thousands of retired Australian greyhounds, which have new homes in the US. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, this has been oh, a landmark agreement between Greyhound Racing New South Wales and, of course, agencies. It's called the Aussie Mates in the States program. It began oh, just over a year ago now, and already we've sent 500 greyhounds to the US. And, look, I, I guess it's important to say that uh, a big cohort of GRNSW staff went over there last year to try and do, uh, do all the checks and balances and tick the boxes off and make sure that everything was above board. And, of course... Uh, it's been an issue, boys. I'm not going to lie. For our sport, in the last couple of years in particular, breeding has dried up because uh, owners, participants, trainers are struggling to, 
to rehome their dogs post-racing career. So it's been a big point of emphasis the emphasis for us. We've just ticked over the 500 dogs in the US and they're going everywhere, boys. Uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Phoenix, Salt Lake City, Wisconsin, Tampa Bay, all over the States, people are craving greyhounds. Now, you, the US market used to have a lot of racing over there, but that's dried up in the last couple of years. So they still love the dogs. And honestly, I say this genuinely, boys, you will not meet a better pet. They are... Uh, so affectionate, they're so loving and caring. Uh, if you're not a walker, they don't like a lot of exercise, so they just lay around on the lounge or um, uh, around the kids and the family. They're really good with with families as well. And I guess the big part of this for us is we want to give these dogs forever homes and, and new best mates. So the US has been a really good and for that, we're hoping to send another 1,000 over in the next 12 months. Uh, and a lot of them are being used as PTSD companion animals for police officers and retired veterans as well, boys. So it's a really good yarn and hopefully it can continue long into the future. Great call. Great call. I've got 15 seconds for you to give us one tip. What's your tip for the weekend? Goulburn race five, number three, and Wentworth Park race six, number two. The two best bets going around the state today, boys. Best bets. You are all over it. Simon Orchard, former Kookaburra, telling us all the stories, all your opinions. Love it. Thanks to dogs.com.au, the home of everything greyhound racing in New South Wales. Have a great day, mate. Hooray, fellas. Stay with us. Michael's chosen his Vossioki this morning. It's going to be a popular one after One Direction yesterday. You chose that as well. Make sure you stay tuned. Shane Watson, our special guest, straight out of the 8am news. Brecky's powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together.